Hey guys, welcome to episode number one of Being Famous Podcast. My name is Cliff and I am your host. I appreciate you guys checking me out. Before we get to our first guest, here's what you can expect from this podcast. If you're like me and have ever wondered what happened to a particular actor, athlete, or musician, then this is the podcast for you. I'm going to be talking to people who were once known to the world, some who are still very much relevant today, and find out what it's like being famous and what they're doing today. If you're out there listening in the podcast world and would like more info about myself or this podcast, please check out my webpage at beingfamouspodcast.com. Both Instagram and Facebook are at beingfamouspodcast. You can also shoot me an email at info at beingfamouspodcast.com. All right, now that we got that out of the way, I am stoked to have this gentleman as my very first guest. You've seen him in movies such as Who's Jenna, Sarah Q, Jungle Fever, Analyze That, Goodfellas, and of course, one of my favorite movies of all time where he played the role of Slick, A Bronx Tale. He's worked with renowned directors like Harold Ramis, Spike Lee, Robert De Niro, and Martin Scorsese. Oh yeah, he also appeared in 25 episodes of the TV series Are We There Yet? with Ice Cube and Terry Crews. Dude has got one serious resume. Without further ado, let's welcome, calling into the podcast, the very funny Joseph Donofrio. Joseph, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. What's going on? Not much. Relaxing, hanging out, making some Italian wedding soup. Nice, man. You made that yourself? Yes, sir. What exactly is in that soup, Joseph? I make it with fresh spinach carrots, chicken broth, and meatballs. Nice. And then I put orzos in it afterwards. Nice. Any Romano or Parmesan cheese on top of that, Joseph? Yes, of course. We use the cheese afterwards, after we make it. Not before, not in the meatballs. I don't put cheese in my meatballs. Right. You go with Romano or you go with uh, Parmesan? It depends what type of mood I'm in. Tonight I'm in Parmesan, so we'll go with Parmesan. That works. Where are you calling from? I'm in Brooklyn, New York. What is going on in Brooklyn? Anything exciting? Anything exciting? Not really. It's a little chilly out, just relaxing. Went to Michael's today, bought a couple of Christmas decorations. Nice. And um, yeah, now I just came home and started to cook and just watching TV, relaxing. What's a typical day for you, like in New York? Me, a typical day? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just relax, wake up, work out a little, cook some food, go over some comedy. Basically, living life, man. Every day I wake up, I'm happy. That's what's important, right? Yep. So you were born and raised in Brooklyn? Yes, sir. How'd you get into acting? Well, when I was a kid, I was in a couple of breakdance contests and we did really good. And then I got myself a manager and we used to go tour around New York and New Jersey and breakdancing clubs. I ran into another manager that did commercials and movies and things. So she wanted to start sending me out on commercials. And then I started doing commercials. And then after that, I started auditioning for movies and things like that. The uh, whole breakdancing thing, that's a interesting little tidbit about you. I never knew that. What'd you think about the movie Beat Street? I enjoyed it a lot. A lot of the guys I broke with were in it. A lot really? of guys, because I used to be in the New York City Breakers. I was in the Furious Rockers. So a couple of guys that I actually breakdanced with were in that movie. I didn't make, I didn't wasn't in it, but I wasn't really acting at that time. I was just breakdancing. Right. I really didn't know about acting or anything like that. Joseph, when's the last time you did a windmill? <laughs> a windmill? I don't know. Wow. Probably like five, six years ago. Really? I could probably do them. I could do them now if I, if I really wanted to. Yeah, I could still nice, do them. Nice, man. Nice. Do a little floor work. I was known for my head spins. When I was younger, I, used to, I was really good and I used to just like float around the floor. Head spins was my thing. Hand spins, back spins, whatever you needed me to do. We used to like battle crews, me and my friend Joel. We were big. We used to go to the clubs and just like break dance. It was just, that's what we used to do. That was the thing. Who were you dancing to back in the day? Who were you listening to? 
Yeah, a little African bambada, a little It's Just Begun, a little Mexican, you know, stuff like that. When I hear a song, I mean, like I said, those are the ones that are off the top of my head. Looking for the perfect beat, you know. Uh, so good. Renegades of Funk was a good one. L.O. Cool J was always big. I'm bad. I used to like that song. That was yeah. a great album. So when you're just lounging around, what do you like to listen to these days? Um, A lot of R&B, a little soft rock. You know, stuff like that. Just went to the Fleetwood Mac concert. That was nice. I got a little into rock and roll as I got older. And yeah, that's that's about it. Like, I listen to basically hip-hop, R&B, freestyle. I like a lot of freestyle. I'm always, I know a lot of freestyle artists in New York. So it's usually when they perform, I like to go and support them and watch them. Last, I seen Cynthia change on me. Why yeah. did you have to change on me, your love? I'm not sure how Cynthia would feel about that rendition, but that's not too bad, man. All right, a couple of things. First of all, you don't strike me as a soft rock type guy, so that kind of <laughs> surprises, that kind of surprises me. But uh, I am a freestyle fan myself, so of course I know who Cynthia is. Of course I know who Johnny O is, a little Susie. But I gotta say, my favorite freestyle artist of all time has got to be Stevie B. Joseph. He is the king of freestyle music, man. Nobody touches Stevie B when it comes to freestyle. I seen him last year in uh, Coney really? Island. Yeah, he was cool. Where'd you see him at? Coney Island. Okay. He was good. He was good. He was one of the headliners. I think him and then TKA was after him. Wow, man. TKA. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Everybody was there this year. They have like maybe like 15 acts. Sweet Sensation, Noel. I mean, everybody comes down. Silent Morning, Noel? Yep. Silent Morning, Noel. I love Noel, man. So you start out as a breaker. You start doing commercials, and then you get into movies. Was that pretty much the progression? Yep, exactly. And was your first movie, I Love New York? Wow, that was that. that where'd you dig that up from? Yeah, yeah that was my first. I was actually a, a silent bit in that. After I Love New York, what was your next movie? My first words in a movie was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first movie. Right. I paid a movie hoodlum where the turtle, uh, I robbed some lady's pocketbook. A turtle tripped me, and I fell on the floor, and then we ran into Central Park, and I asked my friends, like, what the hell was that? That was my first line in a movie. What the hell was that? And then Casey <laughs> Jones jumps out of a tree and hits us with a hockey stick, and we run away. So 1990 would have been, I guess, a relatively big year for you, because that's when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but also in 1990, of course, you played Young Tommy in Goodfellas. Is that correct? Yep. that's what. That was the second role of mine. Yep. Young Tommy I played in Goodfellas. Yep. Okay. So now you get into Goodfellas. You're still young at this point. But you're with some big-time actors in Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, and of course, Martin Scorsese directing. How was that? It was fun. It was great. It was, you know, it was exciting. I never really been on a big set like that. But to me, basically, when I was that age, I was just, it was more like a job to me. I wasn't really into acting, and I really didn't know too much about actors and directors and stuff. So when I like met Armani Scorsese and Robert De Niro, I really didn't know the magnitude of who I was meeting. I just was like, hey, how you doing? And I guess that's why they like me because I was just, you know, I wasn't really like all over. I'm like, oh my God, it's Robert De Niro and this and that. I mean, when I think about it now, I'm like, wow, I don't even realize that I was with these big stars and I, it really didn't even phase me or whatever. I just went to work and did what they told me and then left. And, you know, years later, like I said, now I realize what, I, what, what it was about. But yeah, started on a big level. What was auditioning for that like? Auditioning for that basically went like this. 
I got a call from my agent and she was like, we got an audition for you for the movie Wise Guy. Goodfellas was based on the book Wise Guy. I went up and I met a lady called Ellen Lewis, casting lady. And all she did was take a picture of me. I got a call two weeks later and my agent's like, uh, you got a meeting at Warner Brothers. You got to meet Marty Scorsese. It's like, okay, no problem. So I not, me not knowing who Marty Scorsese is, I'm just like, okay. I go up. I meet Marty Scorsese. He's like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. He goes, listen, I want you to read with three different people. And he had a scene in his, uh, in his hand and he gave me the scene. It wasn't a scene from a movie. It was just a scene. And I read it with the three guys and he was like, which one you, did you like best? And I picked the guy that I liked. And that was the guy who ended up getting the part as uh, young Henry Hill and okay. um, Chris, Chris Cerrone. And next thing you know, I got a call from my agent. They were like, uh, listen, they want you to be in Goodfellas. You got to come down and um, they want you to meet uh, Scorsese, De Niro, Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci. But Joe Pesci couldn't show up that day because he had something going on. And uh, that's how it went. Crazy, man. Right? Yeah, it was crazy. It was basically, I feel like I got the part because I looked so much like Joe Pesci yeah. because I really didn't even know like when I had the audition they just took a picture of me I really didn't even read I just took a picture and the next thing you know boom I was in there that's a really cool story so after Goodfellas you go on to what is it Jungle Fever where you played Patty yeah exactly yep you did yep. your research, my brother. Yeah, Spike Lee. How was Spike? Oh, Spike was great. I actually did my first close-up with Spike in the candy store scene. But I wasn't really like um, a seasoned actor at the time, as I think back at it. Because mm -hmm. I fell into all this stuff. Like I said, I really wasn't into acting and stuff like that. So I like fell into these roles. I basically was playing myself. In these roles, like Spike Lee, I remember I auditioned for Jungle Fever. I auditioned to play one of the brothers. That was the brother of uh, Annabella Sorosia's role. When I went in, I mean, Spike liked me so much, and he knew I was from Bensonhurst, because that's where I grew up, that he made the part Patty. They made another character, and they put me in as Patty. And it was fun. It was a great movie. Spike Lee, man. He knows exactly what he wants, like close-ups, two shots, three shots, whatever he needs, and, and he moves fast. When was the last time you talked to Spike? I talked to Spike around eight months ago I seen him. I seen him in the city. I don't know if he remembered who I was because I was like, so I was like hey, how you, how you doing? He's like, yo, what's up? I, I don't know. I think he thought I was a fan, and then I told him. I was like, you remember me from Jungle Fever? I played Patty. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, he's like, send me a picture and resume. But I don't know. I don't think he remembered me. But I was just like, I just walked away. I was like, oh, nice seeing you again, buddy. And I walked away. But I respect him so much as being a filmmaker. I mean, the guy is, is tremendous, man. I mean, his sure. work is just like really good. I love it. The writing, the directing, the acting, everything in his cast. He, he knows what he's doing. He's a hundred percent professional filmmaker. And he had a great cast, Wesley Snipes, before yep. he was like really Wesley Snipes, you know, before he yep. was famous. Ever talked to him at all? No, I haven't seen him in years. Where is no, he? But man? I remember filming with him. Yeah. Where is he? I mean, is he still around? Is he doing anything? Do you know? Yeah, I heard he was doing a show down in Miami called Paper Empire. He's doing okay. a couple of things. He's a tremendous actor, but Wesley Snipes is great, man. Then you move on to, I think, A Bronx Tale. Is that correct? Oh, uh, there was a couple in between, like I Love okay. Trouble, Night in the City, The Paul Bearer, okay. and then a couple like guest spots on TV shows. And then, yeah. yeah, and then The Bronx Tale popped up. And it's a movie that seems to resonate with a lot of people. Why do you think that is? I just think the writing and the story and the characters were just so on point. And I mean, the way it moved, the music, it was great. I mean, Chaz Palminteri is a genius. His writing, his acting, the story was just amazing. So many people come up to me, go, oh, that's how I grew up. You know, that I love that music. It's something, that era was just, that was such a great era to grow up in. And there were so many great lines in it too, like, you know, Chaz Palminteri, like, now you just can't leave. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. with the bikers and stuff. And they used real bikers too. Those little guys were real bikers. Were like, they really? That's another thing. Like Spike Lee, Scorsese, and like De Niro, when they do films, they try to use characters that are closest to the people that are portraying. Like when we did The Bronx Tale, it's like not a lot of people were actors. I mean, most of them were real kids, real people from the street that were really... You know, like they had auditions like in the streets. I remember when they were doing it, the lady, um, Ellen Lewis casted that too. She had told me, you know, where should she go? So I sent her a couple of places. She went to out, she went out to clubs in Brooklyn. She went to like bars. She went to like cafes. She went all over and just looked for people their look. And she was like, Oh, you got a great look. Could you come down and audition for the movie? And then they come up and they audition. I got some friends in. Nice. That's cool that you got some of your friends in the movie. And that's crazy to me, man, that they actually pulled people off the streets to be in that movie. Even the lead in the movie, Lilo Brancato, who played Cologelo, he was a kid that had never acted before. He was pulled off the streets. So you go from one day being this regular kid on the streets to a life-changing experience to being on the big screen with Robert De Niro and Chaz Palminteri. That's crazy to me, man. And I'll tell you what, for having never acted before, he nailed that role of Scalogelo, man. He did a great job. Well, you know what it is? A lot of times when you're working with seasoned actors like Robert De Niro or Chaz Palminteri, these guys guide you and make you feel comfortable on the set. He was basically playing himself. What you want to do with a guy like him is when he comes to the set, you want to make him feel comfortable and not nervous. And hey, how you doing? You become friends. Like I remember Bob and Chaz and me had a meeting or whatever, and they were talking about, you know, the guys they were going to cast because they casted me as Slick. Me, Chaz and De Niro were the first guys that were casted in the movie. And then they basically put the cast around us. And they had said that, you know, they were going to use, you know, pe regular people that didn't have experience. We had to, you know, make the characters come out. So like when I was doing scenes, I basically was like running the scene in a way as like an acting teacher. So it was, it was cool. It was fun. I really enjoy the movie, man. It's great. When I look back at it sometimes, I'm just like, there's so many like lines that I said where I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed the things that I did. Was it hard for you to get into the role of Slick? It, it was, it was pretty easy back then because back then I really, I had a little technique. I didn't have as much time technique as I have now. Like I've along the way I've learned a lot of technique from De Niro, other actors that I've worked with in several movies. I watched their technique. Like I remember I Love Trouble. I was watching Nick Nolte. I did We On the Night. I watched Joaquin Phoenix. I watched how these actors would get into roles and what they would do. And and you know now when I when I do a part I always try to become that character. But it was a little easier because I grew up in Brooklyn and I knew a lot of guys like that. So I was trying to just emulate the guys that I knew from the streets. And that's what I tried to do in that, in those, in those scenes. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it was improv too. A lot of it was made up as we were doing it. There was some scripted lines, mm -hmm. but uh, Bob basically let us really, you know, be free with the, with the words or whatever we wanted to do. What did you improv? Give me a scene that was improv that you remember. I want to shoot somebody. Oh, very cool, man. So you just do that in. They're and they bothering me. <laughs> They ain't bothering nobody. They're bothering me. They're bothering me. me. You know what it was? Sometimes when you become the character and you start saying the lines, things just come out and you know, you don't stick to the script because basically you're the character and you're in, you're in that emotion. And when you're in that emotion, things come out. And when you put yourself in that position, you know, it becomes great stuff. You know what I mean? It's like even on Analyze That, when I did Analyze That with yeah. De Niro, when he was uh, on the roof or whatever, and he's like, who are you working for? I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. working for your mother. I made that up. I remember when Howard Ramis, rest in peace, one of the greatest directors to live. Mm -hmm. I remember going up on the, to do the movie Analyze That, we were shooting it and I told him, I was like, listen, when Bob tells me who you're working for, I want to say I'm working for your mother. And yeah. he started laughing. He was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, do it. And believe it or not, that whole scene and Analyze That on that roof with me and Bob, it was mm -hmm. all improv. 
Nothing wow. was scripted. The whole thing was improv. And after we did it, like we're, we're hanging out or whatever, and then somebody comes up to me. He's like, did you just improv that whole scene? I was like, yeah. They're like, Howard Ramis never lets anybody improv. How'd you let it? How'd he let you improv? I said, I don't know. I was just, I don't know. I just became the character. Yeah. And I think De Niro smacks you right after you say that. Is that correct? Yeah. Bob actually said after I said that, he was like, I think I should smack him when he says that. And Howard's like, go ahead. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Smack me. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. But he didn't really smack me. He just, you know, it looks like he smacked me, but he didn't smack yeah. me. Just, it's the way they use the camera. Back to what you were talking about a few minutes ago, the scene. They're bothering me. That scene to me, it's difficult to watch, man. The baseball bat and the bicycle scene, it's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is. I mean, you nailed it. Thank you. What do you remember about shooting that scene? And was it difficult? I remember doing it. You know, I just had to become that character. And I remember when I got off the chair and I went to hit the guy, I remember telling De Niro, I was like, listen, I think I should say something when I get off the chair. And he's like, he looks at me, Bob, and he's like, don't say nothing. He goes, just get off the chair, look at him and punch him. And I was like, okay. And ever since that day, I realized, because he tells me, he goes, you don't need to say anything because they're going to see what happens. And right. that'll tell tell the story. And basically, I use that in my acting to this day. But mm -hmm. yeah. It was, it was, it was a little difficult because it was, you know, you had to beat somebody up. You had to, you know, it was really racial, you know, it was a little hard. After I finished, I knew I had to get back to Joe. Sure. I wasn't slick no more. Sometimes yeah. when you're playing that character all day, you got to know how to get out of character too. When you're playing that character and you're in that mode and you be, and you're that, like I said, you become that guy, you know, for that day, you're that character. That took a day to shoot. So that scene took a whole day to shoot. Yep. yep. Even with the can, the can. Remember when I picked up the can yeah. and I threw it at him? That yeah. was improv too. That's really cool, man. It sounds like De Niro gave you guys a lot of freedom to improvise. By the way, do you ever talk to um, Terrell Hicks, the girl that played Jane? How's she doing these days? You ever talk to her? She's a, she's a great. She's awesome. We did a, a an autograph thing called the Chilla in Jersey because we do autograph signings once in a while where people come down, fans, they want us to sign posters and stuff like that. I was picking her brain about how she got auditioned too. She said she auditioned like to all the other parts besides me, Chaz, and De Niro. Basically, they auditioned a thousand people for every part. And she was pretty much picked off the street too as well, was she not? Yeah, she was. She was picked off the video music box. That show okay. that was on uh, TV about hip hop. Her okay. sister had seen a commercial and it said that they were looking for actors for the Bronx Tale. And her sister said, oh, Oh, wow, you'd probably be perfect for that. And she went down and she met, went back and forth. She said like five or six times to uh, audition. And then she finally had got the part. She was amazing. She was yeah. perfect. And I asked her too. I told her, I said, basically you were playing yourself. And she was like, yeah, basically I was playing myself because that's how she really was back then. Yeah, she did a great job. Was a Bronx Tale shot in the Bronx? It was shot in Queens and Brooklyn. Okay. I mean, I didn't do any scenes in the Bronx, but they shot like the, the street signs and like the neighborhood. Like if it cuts back and you see the street signs, that was filmed in the Bronx, of course. But the actual streets where they did like the scene that you said about the gun deal, all that was in Queens. Gotcha. The stuff where the school bus, no, the, the, the bus where my character where he shot up the store at the end, that was in Brooklyn. When was the last time you sat down and watched it from start to finish? Wow, I don't even remember. I haven't watched that movie in years. I usually don't like watching myself. Why? I don't know, because when I see it, I say to myself, it was so long ago, and, and I feel like, you know, I just critique myself. I'm like, oh, I could have did this better, or wow, oh, sometimes man, I'm on. watching, I'll be like, yeah. I'm like, damn, I was terrible. I was too over oh, the top man. in that scene. You're <laughs> phenomenal, man. No, like, there's yeah. another movie I did called The Wannabes. I don't know if you've seen The Wannabes. Have not. With Joe Vitarelli and Willie DeMeo. It was a gangster movie, something like character, something like Slick. I played a gangster son. Okay. That I watched, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I was like, I felt like I wasn't that good in it, but people love me in it. 
Joseph, do you get tired of people calling you slick? No, like, I mean, not at all. I, I love when people call me slick. Matter of fact, I was walking down the street, I think yesterday or the day before, and somebody's like, hey, what's up, slick? He's like, hey, how you doing? Nice to <laughs> see you, great. buddy. They're saying it because they like me. I mean, I, why would I be mad for someone liking me? I feel yeah. grateful when people call me. And I'm, sure. I feel like people like me. Even like when I'm out for breakfast hanging out and somebody's like, you know, hey, what's up, slick? How you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. You know, and try to make it a, a good experience for them, you know? How often does that happen? I mean, it happens once in a while. I mean, not, I mean, I don't go out looking for it. I mean, basically, but if it happens, I just deal with it. Every situation's different. You know, wherever yeah. you go, I mean, you know, people like last night, I went to see a play. My friend uh, Bobby Moresco uh, directed a play at the actor's studio called Brothers Keeper. And you know, when I went in there, we were waiting. A couple of people recognized me. They came up and said, hi, oh, we like your work or whatever. Appreciate it. You know, talk to them, find out about them. And you know, they sent me a message on Facebook today. Oh, it was a pleasure meeting you. And I made another friend. Yeah, it's got to make you feel good, right? Yeah, you meet people. People are yeah, friendly. People People, you know, Absolutely. they want to be your friend. On the Bronx Tale set, when you guys weren't on set, were Slit, Cologelo, Aldo, Crazy Mario, and Ralphie hanging out? Well, on the set, yes, but not like when, when we finished Raptor, we all went home, went to sleep, and then came back the next day and worked. I mean, all those guys were younger at the time. I was yeah. like, I think in my t early 20s, but they all were like 17, 16, 17, and 18 years old. So okay. basically, they all went home and, you know. Yeah, you guys weren't buddies off the set. Y'all weren't hanging out. You just kind of went home and did your own thing. Yeah, exactly. Keep in touch with any of those guys? I mean, I see them at, I see them at, you know, like reunions or whatever. They just did like a Bronx Tale reunion in Chicago. They flew us in. They did a question and answer. And, okay. um, you know, we seen everybody. Everybody was there. It was me, uh, C, Crazy Mario, Jane, and Louis Dumps came. How funny. That's fantastic. Louis Dumps. Yeah. Louis Dumps. It was great. I love Louis Dumps. He yeah. finally gave me that 20. I saw that you posted that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, because he was at the, the reunion with us that they had us in Chicago. And, you know, that he had the 20, the guy that was doing the interview, asked him whatever happened to the 20. And he took out like a big cardboard 20. He goes, I got it here. And he gave it back to see. That, it was so, so funny. So we, we were joking around and he gave it to me or whatever. And people seemed to love it. The writing was just so great. Like Louis Dumps. I mean, that character was great. Yeah, man, it was so good. Obviously, he had a small role in the movie. Did you have any kind of contact with Pesci? No, never. Wow. I never even met him. Interesting. You know? So he just kind of came in, did his thing, and that was pretty much it? Yep, that was it. I mean, he won an Oscar for Goodfellas. I mean, I played him as a kid in Goodfellas. So, I mean, yep. when I see him, I think he should give me like a part of the Oscar because, you know, yeah. I played I played him in the beginning. So I feel like I got a little – I got an Oscar myself. I never met him, but I look forward to meeting him one day. Yeah, Pesci's fantastic, man. Did you keep anything from the movie? Anything from the set? Your leather jacket? Anything? Let's see. From the Bronx Tale? I have yeah, the script still. Okay. Let me see. Did I keep any shirts? No, I didn't. No, I didn't really keep anything except I got the script. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. I have the tickets for the premiere because they sent us the tickets, like tickets to go to the screening of the premiere. I still have those. Yeah, that's about it. You ever look back at some of the movies that you've done and wish you had kept something from that movie? Oh, sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I do. I wish I would have had those hats. Those hats are great. Oh, the hats were and the suits we And the suits we wore. The wardrobe in that movie was so great. It was like really nice. I wish I had those clothes that I wore. You know, they own them, so and you yeah. don't get to keep them. I mean, at the end, sometimes they let you buy it if you want or sometimes some shows i did a show called are we there yet with ice cube uh and i they gave me all when we finished they gave me all the clothes that was nice enough so you go on to do 25 episodes of are we there yet is that right 25 episodes exactly yeah. how was that that was great man playing yeah. uh staten on mike that was one of the best experiences i i love doing sitcoms and it was comedy so it was great you come to work and you laugh all day you know and you're working with 
Terry Crews. Yep. You know, you're working with all these uh, Sherrod Smalls. You're working with Christian Finnegan. And, you know, working with all these great actors and funny comedians all the time. Billy Ray Cyrus, the tap dance kid directing you. You got the guy Ted Lang from Love Boat directing you. And, you know, it, and you're just laughing all day. And, and basically, Ali Leroy, the creator, and he directed a couple and writer, was really great. And, like, basically letting us really do what we wanted on that, too, and improv and almost every scene. I remember the first time I did it, I went in and I was like, listen, you mind if I say this instead of this? He's like, say whatever you want. And I was like, okay, cool. And ever since then, like, they, you know, I was only supposed to be in one episode and it yeah. ended up being 25, I guess, because they liked what they seen. And, you know, it was great. Where was that shot at? That was shot in Connecticut. It was actually on a, on a set where they had like rooms built. So it was like, you know, they had like the living room, his room, you know, whatever yeah. they were shooting, they built the room. And then they had like four cameras going at the same time and they just film you, you know? And it was great because, you know, you just move, you're moving along, you're moving, you're moving quick. So how does that process work? You're on 25 shows where they fly you up there, you get an apartment or explain a little bit about that. Well, basically that. on that one, I would take the train in, the train to uh, Connecticut, I think Stanford, and then okay. they pick me up at the train station and then they bring me to set and we do the scenes and then take me back to the train and go home. How far of a uh, train ride is that from where you live? Only like an hour and 15 minutes, not even. Okay. Yeah, that's wasn't not that long. Bad. Yeah, and basically uh, when we got there, I had a room, like I had my own room with like a couch and everything in there, TV. So basically when I was hanging out, it was like, you know, just hanging out, waiting for them to call me. And then they call you and you go to set, you shoot it. And they were quick. They were good. The, every, all the actors, the directors, everybody was so seasoned, like they knew what they wanted. So as soon as you got there... And, and it's TV, so two takes, boom. And they got four cameras going, so basically they're getting like, say there's three, three characters in the scene. Basically, you, you're doing the scene. It's taking you like 15 minutes just to do the one scene because they got so many cameras. How great of a name was Staten Island Mike for you? Oh, it was great. Fantastic, was great. man. Yeah, it was funny because I remember when I auditioned, I auditioned for the show. A guy named Todd Taylor auditioned for me. He called me up. He's like, yeah, we got this part. Uh, we want you to audition. I was like, okay. I went down, I auditioned. They called my agent up. They're like, oh, they love Joe. We love Joe. But the only thing is, it's it's about a family from Seattle. So my agent calls me up and tells me this. Yeah. So I turned around. I told the agent. I was like, all right, so what? No people from New Yorkers in, in Seattle? I mean, it's people from New York all over the place. So my agent goes, oh, wow. And so he calls back Todd. And he's like, well, listen, if they love Joe so much, why can't Joe be like a guy who moved to, moved to Seattle? So yeah. then they call back and they're like, guess what? My agent's like, guess what? They just booked you. They're going to call you. They're going to change the name from Mike to Staten Island Mike. And I was like, wow. Cause it wasn't, it was just Mike in the beginning. It wasn't Staten Island Mike. I didn't have the part. Like I said, they said, they called me up and said, we love Joe, but he doesn't have the part. But then, you know, thank God we called back and then they finally gave it to me and then Staten Island yeah. Mike. And that's how he, he became, that's how we got to life. Do you prefer movies or TV? I like TV. The Are We There Yet? I wish I could do like that every day of my life. That's like one of my dreams to be on a show. And like I like I said, I got a couple of pilots that I just finished and hopefully one of them gets picked up and we'll be doing it. But I, I like the Are We There Yet? It was like, yeah, TV. I like TV. Yeah. What's next for you, man? What do you have coming up? I just booked a show, uh, a movie called Three Days Rising with uh, Ice-T, Noel Ashman's producing. Uh, we got William DeMeo. You got um, Federico Starr, Coco, Ice-T's wife. You got a, right. a lot of people. Vince Young, Ghost in the Graveyard. It just yep. came out. It's a horror movie. It's on uh, Amazon, Vimo. It just came out like two days ago. It's my friend Charlie directed it. Really good movie. Jake Busey, Royce Johnson. You've done a lot of stuff, man. You're a busy guy. Pretty, pretty busy. Yeah, I try to keep myself busy. I like to play different things. I'm supposed to be starting a movie called um, All Mobbed Up with my friend John Gallagher, director. He directed me in Blue Moon and a movie called The Deli and a, on The Network, a couple other movies. Sarah Q, he directed me and I played a dentist in that. But he okay. always lets me play different things. I'm playing 
a drag queen in this wow. movie. And yep. I love it. I love playing in different roles. I don't know if you've seen the movie called Who's Jenna? I have not. I played a geek in that. You know, geeks and nerds are two different things. What's the geeks difference? Geeks are very obsessive. Nerds are just smart. I wanted to play like an obsessive geek. Now that I'm going to be playing a drag queen, I guess I got to do some research about it. Wow, <laughs> should man. be fun. Italian mobster, geek. Drag queen, dentist, comedian, break dancer, singer. That's some serious range, brother. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I basically feel like I could play like anything, to be honest with you. And yeah. it's just that I really don't get the opportunity because people know me as, you know, the gangster roles and stuff like that or the, the mean, crazy guy. So right. mostly a lot of people always pick me for that. But I love when, like, I play the geek or I play the dentist and now the drag queen. It's an opportunity. And like the ghost in the graveyard, I play the sheriff, you know, so it's good to have the opportunity when somebody comes along and gives me that and yeah. I'll do it. You get out to LA much? Here and there. Once in a while. Yeah. Like I said, I was over there. When was I there? I was there, I think, uh, the summertime doing the Hollywood collection show, which right. is fun. That's something I just got into. I never was into like the collections. I never knew there was so many collectors mm -hmm. in the world of memorabilia and autographs and stuff like that. So I don't know, like last year, a guy approached me and was like, listen, would you be interested in doing a couple of shows? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And now yeah. I love it. It's because, you know, you meet the fans, you meet the people and, you know, you make a lot of friends. And what are you doing at the shows? You just signing eight by tens or taking pictures? What are you doing? Well, you sign it. I have a bunch of eight by tens and then you're yeah. taking pictures and then basically people bring stuff. Okay. Like this one guy brought a car. You know, the car in Goodfellas that we were selling the cigarettes out, the green one? Of course. A guy came with a car just like that. And yep. he made me sign it and he made the kid Chris Cerrone sign it. And Very when cool. we signed it, he's the only one in the world who has a car signed by young Henry Hill and young Tommy. Joseph, Saturday, January 18th at 7 o'clock, Mike's Dakota Diner in Staten Island. You will be doing stand-up. What can we expect from a Joseph Donofrio stand-up comedy show? You could expect to laugh all night. Tell me about your stand-up. What do you do? Basically, I tell stories about myself, you know, my life, jokes here and there. It's funny. I mean, I've done it like eight, nine times. This is going to be, I think, my ninth time or whatever, my ninth show. And, uh, you know, people get a kick out of it. You know, I'm always writing. I'm always putting stuff on paper. And, you know, when I see when I say something, I see somebody laugh, I write it down. And then I go home and I try to put it into words. I write my own material. So, you know, basically all my shows, I try to make every show different too. I try not to do the same thing twice. So then whenever they come to a show, they know they're going to get new material. And I always have new comics and different comics. I never use the same comic twice. Okay. I use Sometimes I host. This one, I'm not hosting this one. I'm just going to do comedy, but a lot of them I host. And how often are you doing stand up? I try to do it like once every two months. I mean, I usually, I did the Danger Fields a couple of times. I did the Broadway Comedy Club a couple of times. So I did Manhattan a lot. I never, and I did Jersey once. I did Atlantic okay. City. And now I'm going to do Staten Island. And then after that, I'm supposed to do Valleys in New Jersey. Okay. And then they want me to do something in Massachusetts, but okay. I'm working that out in March okay. because I'm so busy right now with this thing in January and this movie I'm starting next, next week. So I'm it's like my schedule like differs. So I try to, I got to try to figure out what's going to be happening. I got to make sure I don't overlap my performance. Is stand up something you would like to expand on and maybe travel the country doing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day if it's like, if I get big enough to do bigger, big venues. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Why not? Sure. But I mean, uh, to do like small venues and stuff like that, probably not. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I like to stay close to home. Two tickets to your show at Mike's Dakota Diner in Staten Island. What do you say we give those two tickets away, Joseph? Two tickets to give away. All they got to do is inbox me on Facebook, and they have okay. to prove to me they're my biggest fan. Wow.
What's the criteria there, Joseph? What are you looking for? I don't know. The more comments on my pictures, the likes. There you go. You know, the sharing. Okay. If so I see them in, sharing a lot. So inbox you on your Facebook page. Is that correct? Well, first you got to like, go on my pages, like okay. my pictures, comment on my pictures, share my pictures, and yep. you know, show me how big of a fan you are. There and you then go. basically inbox me and give me a message and tell me why you're my biggest fan. Instagram. What is it? Yep. Joseph D'Onofrio official. There you go. And we got real, the real, no, real Joseph D'Onofrio is my like page on okay. Facebook and then I got my regular page. Cool, man. There you have it. Your social media contacts on Facebook and Instagram. And if people can't remember that, all they have to do is go to beingfamouspodcast.com under podcast guests and I'll link up your social links. Saturday, January 18th, 7 o'clock, Mike's Dakota Diner in Staten Island. If you live in the New York area, even if you don't live in the New York area, Take a trip, man. Take a vacation. Go see Joseph perform stand-up. All you got to do is hit him up on his social media pages, show him some love, and you could win two tickets to the show. I might give yeah. away more tickets, too, depending on how big of fans are. If they're, if they're really big, I might give them a couple more. Works. I like it. Joseph, thanks for coming on Being Famous Podcast. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. And I really thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with me, man. It was really cool to hear all of your stories. Best of luck the rest of the way. Any final thoughts? Thank you for having me on your show. And uh, I wish you all the best with the show. And I'm grateful for you having me on the show. And thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you. Awesome, man. Yeah, and I definitely appreciate you coming on. Much appreciated. Thank you.